Good evening, ladies, gentlemen, and interdimensional lizard people. I am your host, Bootleg Libertarian, also Jack Sparrow from Wish. Tonight, we've got a lot going on, but before we get there, we need to cover a couple things. First off is the Royal Green, written by some guy named Jack Casey, who can't write worth a shit, but we all buy his books because he runs a cult, and you don't mess with somebody who runs a cult. So, go to theroyalgreen.com. He's got two books. His third book is coming out after this show. Um... If it doesn't, you can sue them. It's fine. We've all agreed to it. It's consensual. Um, second thing, we have some big news. I'll let my co-host explain it here in a little bit. But uh, we've got another show coming. Unfortunately, I won't be a part of it. Or for some of you, it'll be fortunate. Um, but I'll let him uh, go ahead and tell it. So, uh, William Doherty. I'm going to be bootstrap Will for today, since you're Captain uh, Bootleg over here. I think that's appropriate. But yeah, guys, so we've got something really cool in the works right now. It is going to be sponsored by the Libertarian Veteran Caucus as well, and kind of extend the Not A Real Libertarian brand a little further. And it's going to be a podcast called Not A Real Veteran. I'm going to be hosting it with my buddy Braxton Voorhees, who is actually my bunkmate in Air Force basic training. We've been best friends ever since. Um, he's a libertarian, so we're going to be talking about veteran issues from a libertarian perspective. Um, it's something that I'm really passionate about. He is as well. Chris is as well. So we want to you know, elevate veteran stories and get these ideas out there and bring veterans into the liberty movement as much as possible because they have a great perspective on how much government sucks. Nice. Can you second that? Yes, I think it'll be a good show. Uh, will will be the host and his uh, co-host, um, both of which are awesome people. Um, yeah, I think it'll be a good show, and I plan to watch a lot of it because uh, it's it's a lot of overlooked stuff. I feel like in the LP, and uh, I feel like we can do a lot of good here at a uh, not a real libertarian. So uh, yeah, I look forward to it, man. Hell yeah! Hopefully, we can get bootleg on there every once in a while if we can pull you over yeah cheers <laughs> straight from the bottle me rum man you don't usually drink rum do you no tennessee but, man uh, drinking rum this is sacrilegious we also got one other thing something we're working on uh behind the scenes as well uh we're working on some merch So we, uh, we've got a few made up we've got some other shirts in the works and, uh, we're working on just distribution and manufacturing stuff right now. But, uh, yeah, we're, uh, we've got the best merch out of all libertarian podcasts. You can take that to any bank. It is a good non-refundable, non-depositable check. Um, but we'll go on to our, uh, our prisoner who is down in the brig right now known formerly on uh, Club Crackhouse as uh, the Gulag. Our guest for tonight, and a dear friend of mine. I don't know if I'm a friend of his, but he's a friend of mine. 
Brian Lambert. Hey, hey, what's up? What's up, man? Welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. I have only done two podcast appearances in my career, and this is the second one, and I'm probably going to cut myself off after this because I think I'm turning into a lush. <laughs> nice cup. We get the Joe 20 cup. Very good addition, too. I love this cup. <laughs> well, we're flattered to have you on, especially if this is your second podcast appearance. It's like my I, fifth, so we're all, I, we're all movies here. I don't know why people bring me up on podcasts. They hear me on Clubhouse, and they think I've got good things to talk about, and then I sound relevant, and then I get up, and I'm crude, and I make dirty jokes, and I flirt, and I swear, and it's awful, and I'm going to get myself in trouble. But here we go. That's basically what this podcast is in a nutshell. Libertarian versions of you know drunk and disorderly contact, pretty much. I hope so. Uh, apparently, Jack Casey is wanting to know how many cups you're going to have on the episode tonight. Um, I have just the one cup tonight, but look, it's made by Yeti. This is a really good look at it right there, right there. We couldn't have done it. I couldn't have done it without you, Joe. That's that's uh, that's cool. Bring extra cups. I came prepared to uh, uh, do some Pokemon battling. I thought I, I got the wrong idea about what the show was going to be. So I wanted to make sure that I was prepared with my Snorlax and my Pikachu shirt. <laughs> well, if you get Pokemon Go ever downloaded again, hit me up and we'll battle and I'll kick your ass there. Just to... I am not going back on Pokemon Go. My doctor says I can't do that anymore. <laughs> oh, too much walking for you, huh? <laughs> so what oh, are we up to? Lord. <clears throat> so uh, I do have a question for you. What would you tell someone who may be thinking about either A, trying to run for your office, or B, looking to be a campaign manager for someone who's running for office? What would be the best advice you could give them? I, I wouldn't give them advice. I'd start asking them questions like, why? <laughs> why do you want to – I want to know why somebody – is this a serious question? Yeah, it's a, it's a fairly serious question. I, I, I want to know why, because people, if they're going to run for office, I want to know why they're running. Is it because they feel there needs to be a libertarian on the ballot, or is it because they actually understand the office? What level are there? There's five different levels people run at. Um, and I've now been involved in all different levels of the campaigns. There's there's the local level, trustee for a library board or a town or a, you know a school board. There's the county level or maybe a community college. There's uh, the state regional, if you're running for state rep or uh, uh, maybe um, uh, U.S. Congress even, or state Senate. Uh, then there is the statewide ones, if you're running for U.S. Senate or you're running for governor or like a state comptroller, treasurer, whatever. And then, of course, there's presidential and vice presidential. Uh, I want to know why somebody wants to run, what their motivation is behind it, and for a campaign manager, why they want to manage it. And everybody has different reasons for, for why they want to do stuff. My original reason for managing a campaign was it was 2014. I'd already been involved in campaigns on small levels before. And there were three candidates on the ticket that were paper candidates. What a paper candidate means is they're just running to fill a slot on the ballot. So back then, we legally had to have um, the whole slate filled. So we had a governor, a lieutenant governor. We had a Senate. But there was a um, no. There was a treasurer, secretary of state, and attorney general candidate that were literally just going to fill out the ticket and be a paper candidate. Mm -hmm. And I went to them, Matt Skopek, Chris Michael, and Ben Coyle, and said, hey, why are you guys on this thing? Do you care if I experiment? 
I mean, you're not going to run a real campaign. It's a paper cam campaign. So let's try something. And I figure I can't mess it up. And in the process of doing it, I began to discover all these amazing things. I'm like, wow, there's all that. I had no idea about the surveys and the questionnaires and the way the media reached, you know, would reach out to them. And I began to formulate plans, come up with ideas, do the parade circuit, travel around the state a few times. And they had fun. Like the bug bit them and they got into doing it. So when 2015 and 16 came around for local races, I'm like, well, shit, I, 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 I kind of know how to do this. I think I could do more. And I got better at it. And then as, I, as the years went on, I mean, I'd make mistakes. I'd fuck things up. That's what you do in a campaign. <laughs> Every mistake is literally another chapter in a book of everything I do wrong. But then I figured out and I learned and I get better at it. So that's why I do, why I manage campaigns. I like managing. I like being behind. I like event coordination. I like fundraising. I like, I like, uh, um, you know, I, I like overall management, uh, uh, you know, doing um, operations is operations management is what I do. Uh, but as for being a candidate, I need to make sure they're doing it for the right reasons and they want to put in the amount of time they're willing to at least put in, you know, depending on the race, 500 to $5,000 of their own money. <laughs> if, if I, if I'm doing a race and I can't get a candidate to spend $250 to go to a studio and get a professional headshot taken, what are you guys nodding for? You're in the text messages, aren't you? <laughs> no, no, we're, I'm just we're listening to you. you. We're just agreeing with Good you. Point, okay. So, yeah. Because you guys are both nodding at the same time and smiling. And I'm like, what are they writing in the phone? We're letting you know that we're engaged in the conversation. <laughs> You're faking it really well. But and my point is, a candidate, I, they need to do some certain things to prove to me that they actually want to do it for the right reasons and they're going to be committed to it. They're not just going to do some ego booster just to fuck around, which could end up hurting libertarians in the long run. I see a cat. Hey, man, this yeah, is not the time sorry. to play with pussy. <laughs> this, is, this is exactly the time. <laughs> Why so on Clubhouse go over the name tags one time. How you can't get somebody to buy a name tag and how huge of a deal that is. So, but a name tag's twenty bucks. Yeah, maybe thirty if you want a good one. And they don't understand it. And years ago, I I, I yelled at this candidate will remain nameless. I'm like, get two or three name tags. So you have one in your car, one in your coat pocket. You always have one with you everywhere you go, and it's important. It's not that important. It doesn't matter. They show up at a local event in their town. And everybody's talking to the other four candidates, not talking to them, because the other four candidates had name tags. The name tags say, "I'm even if you can't read it from across the room, I'm somebody important. You probably want to talk to me. Absolutely. I'm either a candidate or I'm already an elected official. I'm probably important in this room. You don't have a name tag. You're just another asshole in the room. It's true. What the fuck? It doesn't require that much work to get a name tag. And it's amazing how many people don't can't can't do that or won't do it. Hmm. It's almost like libertarians don't really want to dive in. They want to, you know, run for office, but they're afraid to kind of be political. Well, they want to be political, but about the wrong thing. They're going to run for trustee in their town and talk about how we need to end the Federal Reserve. Like I've seen people running for county board and, and they want to bitch about the, uh, you know, the unfair, uh, you know, trade disputes with China. Like, what the hell? Yeah. What are you doing? Do Focus on your specialization. Focus on what your office is doing. Like, don't run for the office if you don't know anything about it. Don't run for your local town because you're a libertarian. You want to get elected if you don't know what the issues are in your town. The issues in your town are not going to be ending the Fed. They're not going to be fighting for the Second Amendment rights. Uh, they're not going to be battling Facebook uh, for free speech. No, 
they're going to be, there's an issue with the sewer system. There's a rat problem on the south side of town and they want to spend money for a traffic light you don't think they might need. And there's these stupid rules and regulations they're putting on the businesses in town square. That's what you should be, that's what you should be engaged in as a candidate for local office. So Jack Casey has something uh, he, he did for you. He's got you a new theme song. And that's uh, Brian to a prospective candidate. <laughs> you want to be the very best like no one ever was. That's fire. To catch, your, to catch votes <laughs> is your real test. To attain them is your cause. You will travel across the land searching for and wide. I, 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 the fact that he wrote all that out as quickly as he did is really good. What is this guy? Some kind of writer or something? <laughs> Chat Casey says, you best start believing in real libertarians. You are one. All right. You know what? I'm going to read the Royal Green now. He literally just talked me into it. If he's that clever on Facebook <laughs> comments in two minutes, I can't imagine what he writes in a book. Oh. <laughs> You have an instrumental version? That's cool. Well, I found it on YouTube right now. <laughs> I thought one of you would sing the Jack Casey lyrics. I thought that's what we were getting. <laughs> oh, no. Absolutely not. No. Yeah. JP, we did, in fact, just get a strike, but that was totally worth it. The memes <laughs> that will come out of that will be glorious. Great. Yeah. Uh, Nelik Trump says, uh, y'all are dorks, says the engineer. <clears throat> That's the point of this podcast. There's plenty of people being serious. That's not us. But even I am sitting here thinking, what the fuck has this podcast become? A party. What was it supposed to be? Not even a clue anymore. Uh, it's it's moved so far along what I wanted it to be that... <clears throat> we never wrote down a mission statement. We never wrote down a vision. We had like one phone call and talked about bullshitting on air, and that's what we do. <laughs> Uh, so last week, Freedom Daddy himself, Sponk Kona was on. <laughs> Freedom Daddy, Freedom Daddy, uh, the guy that you helped cheat when trivia last week or this Tuesday. We know you sent him the answers. Uh, that's the only reason, because as Matt said earlier in the day, there's no way he should have known the answers because Matt didn't give him the notes. Um, so, but he did mention a story about a Republican, uh, something about an election commission. Do you want to hear the story? I'd love to hear the story. I came prepared for it. So let's, let's talk about Illinois for a bit. This story takes place in 2014. And this is about a Republican jackass lawyer that I had the personal thrill of embarrassing. Um, in Illinois, ballot access laws are bullshit. Every two years for president and then governor and then president and governor, and it goes back every two years, we have to get 25,000 valid signatures uh, turned into the state board of elections. We only have 90 days to legally collect those signatures. It's usually April, May, and June. So we're only given 90 days and we have to turn in 25,000 valid signatures. Now, valid is important because they're going to challenge us on them. So therefore, we need to get 
roughly 45, 48,000, almost twice as much to survive a challenge. Sure. So you're talking close to 50,000 signatures in uh, a 90 day period in three months. And we do really well at it. In 2014, I wanted to make a name for myself in the Libertarian Party of Illinois. And I was the newly elected chair of the DuPage Libertarians. Uh, again, to talk about the DuPage Libertarians, my chapter, uh, my chapter actually predates the Illinois and the National Party. It predates wow. the National Party. It was actually founded, uh, the, the, the uh, Don Parrish, who is a world traveler, you can look him up online, he's Time Magazine and everything. He was the founder of the DuPage Libertarians. And from what I believe, he was one of the original 24 who went to Denver, Colorado with David Nolan when they signed the original accords, creating the Libertarian Party. So there's a lot of history in my chapter, and I'm, I'm proud of that. And I wanted to get my chapter to be well-known again, make DuPage great again, because we were kind of quiet chapter. <laughs> at that point. We, the, the chapter was meeting in the back of an IHOP for many years. and um, House? Yeah. Wow. They were meeting, meeting in the back of an IHOP. Uh, well, it had a big room. Like, I understood why they did it, but it's like, when I became the chair, my first order of business is, I don't even drink, but I know that if you want to draw libertarians to a crowd, you have to have somebody serving alcohol. So I moved it to a bar with a great name called the American Tap, and the guys who own the American Tap actually own the largest medical marijuana dispensary in Illinois called EarthMed, so plug for EarthMed. And they were really cool with having us have the room in the back. We took over the back room. We'd have parties there. Uh, I think we had well over about 120, 140 people at our 2018 election night party on, on the Tuesday for election night with all our candidates. And it was it's a great location and a great chapter, and I love the chapter. So I decided we're going to get the most volunteer signatures that year, and I'm going to go out and get as many as I can. So I started looking out at all the different places where you could petition. And this is it's, it's, it's a boring part of the story, but maybe people watching might benefit from this. When you go out petitioning, uh, the biggest places that I would go to are the train stations during the week. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I'd hit up train stations in the morning, maybe maybe two days a week, like on a Tuesday and a Thursday. And I would find farmer's markets that were open during the week. And then on the weekends, every Saturday and Sunday morning, there's a 5K marathon somewhere you can find. And you can go and get signatures from the runners and from their families. You can find a farmer's market, not as many in April, but you can find them in May and June. And then you can find parades, and parade routes are the best. One parade, I got, geez, about 150, 160 signatures in a couple hours. And that's just me. And there were five other people with me getting signatures. So the parades are, are very good. The farmer's markets are good. The train stations are good. Uh, I try to hit up everything, and I, I get a whole calendar of events. And I was trying to encourage people to go out and get signatures all around the state. So I did a couple things. One, we filmed some videos uh, before the petition drive of all the chapters trash-talking each other. So if you type in Libertarian Party of Illinois trash-talk, there's there's a video from 14, 16, and 18 where all the chapters are trashing each other. And DuPage oh. was the winner in all three years, so we're actually bragging and being uh, presumptuous assholes in the second and third video. But I want to do a, a, a encourage other people to go out and sign get signatures because we cannot get all 50,000 our own, so the National Party always drops... Uh, you know, 30, 40, 50 grand to help get paid petitioners into the state. We usually get 16 to 18,000 volunteer signatures in that three months. So for every other fucking state out there that bitches about how hard it is to get on the ballot when you need a thousand signatures, okay, I'm not even going to mention the states, but you know who the fuck you are. 
And you guys complain. You can't get the. We get 18,000 of them volunteer alone in 90 days. And you have a year to get like 1,000 or get 5,000. So I don't want to hear any fucking bitching. <laughs> By the way, did, did uh, Chris, did you see the photo that I posted the other day of, uh, of the 90-year-old woman that I was with? Did you happen to catch it? You probably didn't. Mm-mm. There's a woman. Her name is Fran Holt. And I posted a photo with her because I saw her on my last trip to Illinois this past weekend. Fran is 91 years old. She has a glass eye. She can't drive at night. She was a founding den mother of the DuPage Libertarians and the State Party back in 1970 and 1971. Every two years, she will still go out with a clipboard at a gun show or, or, or a concert and get at least 100 signatures every 90-day period. Fuck yeah. Nobody has a fucking excuse for not going out with a clipboard and getting signatures. Damn right. Do it. I, I'll never forget her calling me the day before they were due, and the Pride Parade was going on in downtown Chicago. There's three-quarter of a million people. There she is. <laughs> That's awesome. <clears throat> Thank you yeah. so much for finding that photo. That is Fran Holt. She's 91. She's living in Dwight, Illinois, in Livingston County. She's amazing. She uh, and that's my wife Claire. That was wonderful to to be able to hang out with her for an hour. Uh, Fran is so good at you know. Uh, she called me the day before we were turning signatures in 2018. Uh, we were down at the at the pride parade because it's on a Sunday and the petitions were due on that Monday the next day. And uh, um, three quarter of a million people. The pride parade in Chicago is huge. And Fran calls me and says, Brian. I'm having surgery on my good eye today. I'm at the DuPage County Hospital. Can you come over here? I've got nine signatures. I'm like, <laughs> no. You got the doctors, the surgeon, the nurse. She did. She got all the doctors and the nurses, the woman Man. in the waiting room. She got nine signatures there. She keeps it in her purse. I'm like, Fran, I can't get there. Well, you might need these nine signatures. Like, I, I can't. I'm going to Bloomington tonight. We're going to be in Springfield tomorrow morning. Like, that's how dedicated she is. She's amazing. Put her on a t-shirt, man. I'll buy it. Fran is is wonderful and awesome, and I'm glad she's still around with us. She took a lot of black and white photos. because I mean, she had an analog camera right in the 70s and 80s, and I scanned them all, and they're on DuPage Libertarians on Facebook. <laughs> so I wanted to make sure we had those photos up there. But anyway, I'm getting a little bit away from this. So I wanted DuPage to look good, and I wanted to make a name for myself. So I collected... Uh, just under 1,500 signatures that year. And every week, every every day that I went out, I would take a photo on my phone and I'd share it on Twitter or on Facebook, mostly on Facebook. And my friend Jenny, who was helping me run Libertarian Jeopardy the other day, was uh, putting them on Twitter and spreading them around. So we had all these photos timestamped online. Hey, we're at the Itasca train station today. We're at the Wooddale train station. We're at the Heritage Festival in Downers Grove. We're, um, you know, oh, geez, Matt Skopek, I think, did the Chicago naked bike ride. I don't know where he kept the pen. I don't know what the heck, but, but, but he got like two pages at the naked bike ride in Chicago, and he sent me a photo of him, and I was fucking mad. But he got signatures. I didn't even want to touch the pages. But uh, so we were posting photos of this throughout the whole 90-day period. So now we turn in the signatures, and we went to the state capital in Springfield to turn in the signatures. And we had some photos of uh, the stacks because Republicans and Democrats, by the way, in Illinois only need to turn in 5,000 signatures compared to Libertarian, Green Party, uh, the Veteran Party, the Constitution Party. They all need to turn in five times as many and none of the other ones can do it. 
the Green Party can do it for president, but they, they, they haven't been able to get a governor on in a while. Constitution mm-hmm. Party never does it. Veteran Party is mostly Southern Illinois. It's not going to happen. Yeah. So you have to have a lot of money to pay for the signatures if you're going to do it. So, uh, or be a Democrat plant. <laughs> so <laughs> this is Illinois. So we, we turn it in and we had our stack of petitions. It was 19 and a half inches of freedom, guys. 19 and a half <laughs> inches of freedom. And we turned in that stack and they have a week to challenge us. And they have volunteers that go through line by line checking every one of those signatures to see what they can kick off. And we had to go back and do seven days. It was five days and then two more days the following week of eight-hour days where we are defending our signatures with state board of election judges. So there's an election judge sitting at a computer, a libertarian on one side, a Republican ass clown on the other, and <laughs> both have the same pages. And we're going through defending signatures. And I, I, and it's, it, it gets nasty in there. I humiliated a woman once. This freaking... This nasty bitch of a snot guzzling hose bag, whatever. She was there saying none of these names should count. These women that are signing, they're married and they're signing with the wrong name. So, you know, women tend to uh, register to vote when they get their driver's license, when they turn 18. So they go 18, 19, 20 and they register to vote and they're not married. Then they get married 5, 10, 15 years later and they don't change. Uh, their name on there, but you know what? Most election judges don't care. This woman was trying to get every single one turned out. And I won, and she was a Republican. And I stood up and said, These wonderful women here are, are, are giving up their sovereignty to their husbands, barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen every single day, and <laughs> giving their name to their husbands. You should be defending this. This, oh God, she was burning lasers through me, this freaking, this pain in the ass, witch of a freaking. Good God, a wart would have improved her face. It's awful. Anyway, so uh, there was a little bit of fighting that was going on. Some of these Republicans were being jerks. And the State Board of Elections judges were actually really cool. They were very understanding. A lot of the signatures change. People sign them when they're in their 20s, and they're still voting in their 60s and 70s. So they were very cool with us. So they were knocking off signatures that, quite frankly, we had a hard time defending. Uh, People that we couldn't find in the database. Uh, people whose addresses didn't line up. Maybe they moved and hadn't adjusted it and their thing. Who knows where they, they may have signed it. They lived in a different uh, state or different county. Who knows? We couldn't defend them and it was legitimate. So we defended our signatures. But on the other side, they had a lawyer. Big Mr. Wealthy Millionaire Republican lawyer. And this guy was going through all of the petitioners, specifically the hired petitioners, to try to see if he could discredit them and if you can discredit them, if you can find, you know, like a, a, an I that wasn't dotted or a T that wasn't crossed, some discrepancy, you can throw everything off. And they did that to one of our best paid petitioners. He turned in four or 5,000 signatures we paid him for. They found some discrepancy. I don't remember what it was, but they were able to, oh, there's this thing here that we caught. This doesn't line up. There's a fabrication here of something or other. Those signatures were thrown out like, just they're just they're just thrown out all all in one big swoop and that's what they liked so they were trying to do that i mean they were doing anything they could to get those forty six thousand signatures that we turned and whittled down all you gotta do is get it right below twenty five thousand. that's all they needed hmm. so we had to go to the state board of elections now i was the number one volunteer petitioner in the state right i got just under 1500 i think uh jenny 
got about 980. I think our lieutenant governor candidate got about 900 himself, um, AJ Cummings. So, but I was by far uh, the one that had the most and they wanted to interview me in there. They wanted to talk to me and say, you know, we'd like you to come in and answer some questions. I'm like, all right. So I show up, geez, I left my prop in the car, didn't I? Hmm. We'll give you, we'll give you a minute if you need to grab it. Can you guys, you know what? Can we take a, 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 a sponsor break here? Well, I, I, need, yeah, I we'll, need to get a prop out of my car. You're going to appreciate this. Yeah, we'll do a sponsor break for you. We got it. I'll be back in a few To the gulag for not having your <laughs> already yet. The fact that the Republicans can afford a lawyer and send them just to discredit libertarian signatures is insane to me. I mean, that just shows how much of a challenge we really are to them, and they know it clearly, but that's ridiculous. Now it's getting kinky. <laughs> oh, Nick, that's a good man right there. So we never had Pokemon on an episode before. We got bootleg. This has already been pretty extravagant for us. Oh I'm, yeah, uh, I'm bootleg libertarian. I'm uh, Jack Sparrow's cousin from Wish. <laughs> Have you made a meme of that yet? No, hold on. Let me just screenshot real quick. I'm gonna be making the meme while we're waiting for Brian to get his prop. Okay, yeah, that's perfect. That's perfect. Hold on. All right, all right, got you. <laughs> Oh my god. But yeah, um this episode's sponsored by Me Rum. What are you what is that by the way? Uh new riff single barrel. It's actually bourbon, but I keep calling it rum. Oh, I was like, dude, you don't drink rum. What are you doing? And I, I didn't even know they had single barrel rum, so huh. That's better. But uh Crowdfund Jack, Jack Sparrow just after <laughs> Would you do it, though? If we raise the money, would you do it? Yeah, probably. It's on. Braxton, come on, man. Get it go. Fund me going. The, o- the Oklahoma libertarian says, rum will rum. <laughs> nah, we are bourbon drinkers on here. Or Tennessee whiskey drinkers, if you're bootleg, sometimes because he's got to be prideful like that. But bourbon forever, no rum. Well, I mean, Oklahoma doesn't have any alcohol, so you're right. You know, we have a vodka distillery pretty close to me, but I'm not sure if there's any whiskey distilleries at all that I know of. But you know, that's Kentucky, man. They've got all the bragging rights there. Tennessee's got all the better booze. Hi, Indiana Brian. So, well, now Indiana wore a fedora. (laughs) This is a gambler. Uh, This is my black gambler. And anybody in Illinois uh, who's watching instantly knows this hat. I wore this everywhere in Illinois for six years while I did libertarian work. Uh, It was kind of a marketing thing. So when I would go to like the Tribune or the Sun-Times or I'd go to one of the events that were going out where there's media, they'd see the black gambler hat and they'd be like, that's that libertarian. They may not know my name, but they know that fucking libertarian is here. And it it was it was a marketing thing that I wore. So I always had my black gambler hat with me. 
And, and, it's, and in most of my pictures, I was wearing the hat. And that's why I wanted to get this, because this hat was a really crucial part of, of 2014, specifically the year I wore it. Everybody knew that I had it, and I wore it with me everywhere, and it was in all the photos. And if you look on DuPage Libertarians, uh, going back 2014, 15, 16, all the election cycles, you'll see me in this hat holding a clipboard. So anyway, I show up. Um, I explained about the petitioning and how we posted photos. I talked about the challenges and the defense. So now we're going to the State Board of Elections, right? And they have a court, and it's downtown. It's in the Thompson Center. I'm not used to going to court. It's a little weird. And then we come down there. So I, I wear a suit and everything. I'm wearing a tie. I'm dressed professionally, and I've got my gambler. And I go up in there. Now, here's something that's important. Uh, that year was a three-way race. And we actually, that, that's the year we got the most percentage for our governor. Not because our governor candidate was any great, because he wasn't. He was a fucking idiot. But we were, it was a three-way race. So we managed to get the largest of the, uh, of the third party and independent votes simply because of that. And uh, the Democrats were helping us get on the ballot because it was to their advantage so that, uh, so that uh, Bruce Runner would lose. It didn't work. Bruce Rauner didn't lose. We actually take more votes from Democrats in Chicago than we do in the rest of the state combined. But in Illinois, the thing is that, you know, libertarians take votes from Republicans. So the Democrats wanted to help us get on the ballot. I'm not going to take anything away from them. They were raising money and, 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 and helping promote us. So I'll, I'll gladly take their money. I still hate. Yeah, them. we're going to steal all your Republican votes. We got you. Yeah. I mean, because it's not going to stop us from going out into the city and actually competing for those liberal votes because we're, we're better liberals than liberals are. But that's Absolutely. another discussion for another day. Absolutely. So I show up there and these Democrat lawyers, three, there, were, there was one lawyer and he had two assistants and uh, they were running a pack and some other things. The one guy goes, take that hat off. Don't wear that stupid thing in there. Jerk. So I throw it in my bag. I don't, you know, and he's like, he's telling me, he's like, when you go in there, keep it short. Don't give too many answers. They're going to try to find you to get you to give something up or, or, you know, give something away. I'm like, I've got nothing to hide. Yeah. I, I gathered all these signatures. I'm, I'm not afraid of shit. So I go in there. Uh, the judge, really nice woman, really sweet. She's sitting up on a thing. There is uh, a stenographer, cute redhead stenographer sitting there that was diligently taking notes. Our our attorney general candidate read through the notes later, and he said it was one of the funniest things he'd ever read uh, from a court uh, transcript. And I've got the three Democrat, you know, ass clowns on one side, and I've got this big Republican guy there who's going to throw us. They're paying him a lot of money to throw us off the ballot. He's the guy they use every year. I've run into him many times. He freaking hates me. Because he sees me everywhere and I show up with a shit-eating grin on my face and that stupid hat and I got that look on my face and he just, he's like, fuck, it's that fucking libertarian. <laughs> so, he starts asking me questions. What's your name? What's your address? Do you actually live at this house? Blah, 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 blah. Trying to confirm all this stuff. We start going down the list of items and he says, you got a lot of signatures here, didn't you? I said, well, yeah. I went to a lot of places. He goes, we've been looking through all these signatures. I mean, did you really go to all these different towns and cities? I mean, this is spread out pretty far throughout the state. I mean, it doesn't seem like anybody, any one person could really do this. Not a Republican. Yeah. And I said, well, actually, yeah. And the Democrats asked if I had any photos of me earlier. And I said, yeah, I took a photo every single day, spent the money and printed them out. I like a deck of cards slid all of these photos out. And I said, here I am. 
I'm in a different outfit. It's the same hat. That's me. Here I am at the train station in Itasca train station in, in Woodstock train station in Westmont and Downers Grove, all three of them in Downers Grove. Here I am in, in, in Wooddale and in Medina and at the two train stations in Elgin. And the lawyer's like, oh, whoa, my goodness. And he's like, okay, well, you can put the photos away. And I'm like, no, 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 let's spread them out a little bit. Your Honor, can you clearly see all of the, see that handsome <laughs> double? Now, now, by the way, I'm a goof. I act goof. And I'm in the court. And the judge, she's really nice. Can you see the handsome double there is me in all of these photos? And if you go on Facebook and you look, they're all timestamps. So you can see every different day I was at any one of these. So I don't know what problem you would have on any of these. And he goes, well, um... And th this is this is the next thing he brings up. And this is the stupidest thing. He goes, well, it looks like you got uh, 40 or 50 signatures in Pontiac, Illinois. I mean, Pontiac, Illinois, that's a couple hours drive here from Chicago. I mean, how did you get signatures all the way out there? And I look at him and I look at the judge and I go, I drove a car. <laughs> I'm like, I, and now at this point, the judge laughs. She's finding me charming, and I'm trying to have a little bit of fun. <laughs> this is a stressful situation, but you're asking dumb questions. And, and, and here's the thing about Pontiac. I look at him, and I go, you're the big shot lawyer with the millionaire candidate and all these researchers going through our signatures. You never bothered to check that Sharon Hansen, our U.S. Senate candidate, lives in Pontiac, Illinois? We were in her hometown. The mayor of Pontiac signed <laughs> our petition. So now the, the, the three Democrat ass clowns are laughing because now it's awkward. You're asking really stupid questions. So he goes, well, uh, all right, all right. Well, that, that, and, and, and he's trying to smile now and laugh because, you know, he's, he's in on the joke or at least trying to make himself look not as stupid. Right. So he pulls out this affidavit. Right. Oh, I want to talk about this first. Oh, these these fucks were getting affidavits and they did this in um, 2016 as well. A lot of the petitioners that we hired in the city were this is a shocker for Republican. They were black. They, they, we hired several African-Americans on the south side of Chicago to get petitions. They get paid. They're, they're thrilled to do it. And they were following them around the city. One woman would wear like an afro, especially in the winter, because in April we were still getting snow in Chicago because it just fucking snows in Chicago. And she would wear like a big afro. And they were trying to somehow, they, they, they were taking photos of her outside with her petition, trying to claim that this isn't her. She's lying. Why is she wearing wigs? Why is she trying to, to, to deceive people? It's like, no, uh, black women like to wear wigs and they do lots of different things with their hair. You're racist prick. I mean, yeah, this is seriously, exactly. <laughs> and oh, there was one time when a jackass, uh, one of the private investigators, this this guy is a is a piece of work. Um, actually, uh, confronted her in an alley and threatened her, like threatened her in the most harsh way he could without legally threatening her to get her. Tried to get her to sign something, admitting all the signatures were fake, and she like ran into her apartment. She was she she hated it. I felt bad for these people because these Republican jackasses. And it's funny because these are Democrat tactics in Chicago, but the Republicans don't care. They suck. They're out of power. They're just as bad as the Democrats. They all suck. Yeah. Um, so so uh, the lawyer says to me, he goes, well, we got this affidavit signed by a woman uh, in Westmont. And he hands the affidavit. He goes, do you know this woman's name? And I go, I got almost 1,500 signatures. I'm not going to recognize her name. And this guy says to me, I see the Joe Biden. 
That's hilarious. That's my boy. So, so I see the, um, I'm looking at the affidavit and I said, there's no way I'm going to know this woman. And this lawyer in front of everybody in this room says, well, this woman says she doesn't remember you. I look up at the judge and I'm like, she doesn't remember me. <laughs> I'm not the How? kind of guy. How, that that? How does she not remember signing a petition? He goes, well, this woman's in Downers Grove. Um, did you, did, or this woman's in Westmont. Uh, did you go to the Westmont train station? I said, yeah, I went to the Westmont train station and I also went to the Belmont station in Downers Grove, which is next to Westmont on one side. And if she lives on the east side, I went to the Clarendon Hills. She could have been in any of those. I also went to the Heritage Festival there. And who says this woman that lives in Westmont has to stay in Westmont? She could have been in any one of the 5K marathons I went to. How can you prove where she said this was at? So I basically threw the burden of proof on this guy that this is garbage. And this is what the guy says. He says... She only remembers signing one petition that year by a guy wearing a distinguished black hat. I reach down in my fucking backpack and I pull this out and I go, is this distinguished in black enough? <laughs> the judge erupts in laughter. The Democrat ass clowns erupt in laughter. The stenographer is laughing and this guy says, no more questions, Your Honor. <laughs> I would, I would, if there's a time machine ever invented, I'm going back to that moment. I want to be there so bad, so bad. Thank you for bringing us there. My, I, I like telling this story. And <laughs> apparently the lawyer was was throwing terms at me and I was ignoring it or just responding with the wrong thing. I don't know legal terms, but like I said, Ben Coyle, our attorney general candidate, he called me. He's like, Brian, I've been reading the transcript, and this is the funniest shit I've ever read out of a courtroom. You have you had no idea what the hell was going on, did you? I'm like, he was asking me these stupid questions, but he was saying things in the middle, some legal terminology. Like, like he asked he, when he brought up the thing about the distinguished black hat. I guess I'm supposed to uh, say something about admitting evidence before I just open and yank and throw it at my head. <laughs> but by that point, it was already done. And he's like, well, I, I guess I don't have an objection to it. He couldn't stop. It, was, it, it literally happened right there. It, it was literally my own stupidity and ignorance that pulled it off. But I, it just, I love that story. It's so much fun. But man, that fight, fighting for those signatures, and they did it to us in 2016 as well. Uh, that was hell. It's just, actually, in 2016, it was easier. And by the way, in 2018, when Cash Jackson was our governor candidate, my wife Claire Ball was on the ballot for comptroller. And and Claire holds, holds the record for the most votes of any libertarian in Illinois. We, uh, uh, they did not challenge us. We had far too many signatures. They were too damn good. They didn't even, and I was prepared for a challenge. My secretary of state candidate was mad because he wanted to go do drugs in uh, New Orleans with all the other libertarians for the national convention. And I'm like, no, we may have to defend signatures in the state board of elections. We need to stay here. And they never, um, they never challenged us. I was able to start buying yard signs six weeks early. Because I wanted to hold off on all the big spending. Um, you know, you don't want to spend money on, on expensive shit if you can't even uh, confirm you're on the ballot. Which, by the way, is another another problem. While I'm bringing this up to people that may not understand ballot access laws, uh, the Republican and Democrats, are, the Republicans and Democrats in Illinois at least, are allowed to have their candidates nominated by early March. So they're in early March. They now have their top jackass on all the tickets, and they can campaign. They can start fundraising they can do anything they want to get set up we start petitioning like two three weeks after that we didn't get we you when they challenge us 
Um, I think in 2014, we didn't even get confirmed until like the first or second week of August. And they were trying to like halt the print of the ballot. So even if the State Board of Elections would grant us access, oh, the ballots are already printed. It's too late. Like they don't give a fuck. They have, they have no, um, they don't care about the Constitution. They're Republicans. They don't care about the Constitution. So, and the Democrats do this in the other states as well that hate us and see us as a threat. It, it goes both ways. But I have to fight Republican first in Illinois, so they're the ones I go after. But, you know, that's, that's what happens. We don't get a chance. Because how can you fundraise and ask people to give you large donations when you can't even, when, when you're not even confirmed you're on the ballot yet, you know? So we couldn't even start fundraising. So, so in 2018, when we didn't get challenged, we got the confirmation a week later. I'll never forget our state chair, Bennett Morris, was in New Orleans. And he went up to the microphone to announce that we had been confirmed for the ballot and everyone was celebrating. Uh, we could finally order yard signs, order supplies, and make some phone calls and raise, you know, five, ten grand really quick within a week to help us get through some expenses. Yeah, man, ballot access laws are a bitch, but I love telling that story. It's nice when we have a victory, and it's nice when you can make a big shot libertarian lawyer or Republican lawyer look like a jackass. That's awesome. Too damn bad it's not on film is the only thing. But it seems like Illinois has a really hard time for the Libertarian Party because you guys also have um, open primaries, right? Yeah. So well, it's part of a big uphill battle. Libertarians, we don't have. We just have to do it at our convention. We have a nominating process at our convention. Huh. So we don't have to go through the primary. We don't. We are not considered a legitimate party or an established party is the legal term. We don't have established party status. And and the reason why that's a problem, and, and in, in 2014, you know, the idiot would go up on the radio three days before Election Day, uh, you know, you're polling at 1%. Why do you think you're going to win? Oh, man, people are so mad. We've totally got a chance. We're going to do this. It's kind of ridiculous. My wife had kept it. Hey, Brian. Brian. You, your audio is cutting out, dude. You want to give it a minute? See if it comes back. You're in the Matrix. Well, uh, yeah, see if uh, see if you can fix it. Um, Dude, his fucking stories, I love them. They're amazing. I know that's I said I'd kill this, but that's an amazing story. A distinguished black hat. Oh, excuse me, sir. That's amazing. I wish I could have been there. But that's just insane to me how much effort they go through to stop us from even participating in the ballot. It's insane to me. Like, it's one thing if you want to beat our ideas out in the open, but to try to control whose ideas get to be represented blows my mind. Yeah, can, do I sound okay now or does it still sound stupid? Okay, yeah, good. My good, phone bro. does something. My phone does something after, like, you know, a certain time period. I don't know why it does that. Um, but, yeah, they, you know, they, they, they don't want us to be on the ballot. And uh, we have to have... Uh, like our own little primary. And it got heated in 2017 when we, we had three governor candidates that were all competing uh, to be the, to be the candidate. We had um, that once. I'm sorry. It, oh, it, oh, they got dirty. It, it's that year in 2017 was the only time where I actually used the term. You are not a real libertarian for two people. One of them was a governor <laughs> candidate. One was That's the why you got access to the show. When, when you're, when you're threatening to blackmail your opponents in private chats, but you're so stupid because you're paranoid of technology so you don't realize that people can screenshot your text messages <laughs> and share them. When you're that fucking dumb, uh, you know, but, but, but that's coercion. That's fraud. That mm. literally violates the map. You are not a... I don't care what goofy views you have all over the place. When you're threatening to blackmail candidates and, and, and threatening them outside the process to get them to step down, that is coercion. You're not a libertarian. 
I'm going to work really hard to kneecap your ass and get you out. And you did, you dumb motherfucker. You lost in the first round. You were gone. <laughs> I, I'm not ashamed of it one fucking bit. Well, we've got some uh, anchor call-ins. Uh, Who? We've got, we've got a total of three. Uh, the first one is from J.P. Stevens. What are you drinking there? 7-Up. Diet 7-Up. 7-Up Zero. The Breakfast of Champions. All right. So, yeah, we'll go ahead and hit J.P.'s here. See what he says. Ah, oh, crap. It's, I'm uh, scared. You're just like Muddied Waters Media. Welcome to the club. Yeah. <laughs> immediately over to my uh, Bluetooth. Here we go. Turn the Bluetooth off. We're going to try it again. I do have a question. I'm getting some pizza tonight. Um, I know you really like Domino's, um, but I'm I'm trying to think of Papa John's. Like, like which two do you think is the best? Though, like, help me out here, man. Better ingredients, better pizza, right, Brian? This this Love this it. is this is a story we don't have time for because this is like <laughs> he he hates Domino's, but the quote no, I is, hate chain pizzerias. Is what I hate. <laughs> CC's pizza is fucking garbage. Uh, what is that? What monocles is like vomit on cardboard? I mean, who the fuck eats this shit? Oh no, I just hate chain pizzerias. I come from Chicago. There's a there's an independent wholesome pizzeria on every fucking corner. There's three on every corner. They're like Starbucks and Walgreens. You can find them everywhere. And good, good. Why in the fuck would you go to a Pizza Hut? Why would you do that to yourself? I'm like, unless so... you've lost a bet or it's part of you know some kind of sadistic ritual or maybe a hazing process that you cut. Why would you eat that? <laughs> so we've got another one here. This one's from Sonny. I'm fairly certain I know what this one will be about, but let's go ahead and play it. I don't know what any of this is. What's up, guys? This is definitely not the Cajun Libertarian here, host of the Cajun Libertarian Live. That's not who I am, but that guy is exceptional. What a fantastic podcast. The Cajun Libertarian Live. You can catch on Facebook, YouTube, and Anchor. You can also visit his website, CajunLibertarian.com. Get all of fresh merchandise from the Cajun himself. Phenomenal host and phenomenal co-host of the Cajun and Eskimo show from Bayou's to Igloos on Muddy Waters Media. By the way, this is definitely not the Cajun Libertarian here, plugging all of the times and shows for the Cajun Libertarian Live, 8.30 p.m. Mondays, Central Standard Time, Freedom Time, Wednesdays, Central Standard Time, Freedom Time at 8.30, and Friday's Cajun and Eskimo show from Bayou's to Igloos, Freedom Time, 8.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. This is definitely not the Cajun Libertarian. And CajunLibertarian.com. Also, Tom for 52.com. That's T-O-M-F-O-R. Well, at least it wasn't the Cajun Libertarian. Yeah, seriously. That would have been awful, but that was wonderful since it wasn't him. Whoever this guy is is long-winded and has a high opinion of himself. Uh... I think it's. I think he just earned. He just earned it. That was pretty freaking phenomenal. So this one is from the real Cajun Libertarian, apparently. I oh, we don't need to play it, do we? Okay, I'll play it. I'm scared. Yeah. Are you asking our opinion? Hey y'all, not a real Cajun Libertarian here. I uh, just wanted to give a massive shout out to Brian Scott Lambert. Amazing activist, incredible musician, and even better human being. You are one in a million, my friend. You are very much appreciated, and we love you and thank you so, so much. And hope the best for you and your awesome wife in the future and forever, because y'all are incredible. And thank you again, Chris Darnell, 
that outfit is exactly what it was intended to be. I mean, it's perfect. You really look like the most Tennessee redneck Jack Sparrow from Wish. Matter of fact, the Jack Sparrow you get from Wish is probably a better replicate than what you have going on right now. Ouch. Rollgreen.com. <laughs> Well, the fact that he said I'm a great human being confirms that him and I have never actually met in person yet. That'll that'll change after the ball. That'll definitely change it. He'll be like, oh, God, who the fuck is this guy? And that'll be the end of that. <laughs> Very nice, Cajun. Thank you so much for the – oh, this is weird. Oh, he tagged me in the – okay. I'm Now I'm looking at myself on the, in real time on the – okay, I got to get out of here. <laughs> Don't ever do but, that. That's where the universe explodes, man. It was a mistake. <sighs> All right, and I just realized that Matt Wright's going to go live with Vicky Rose in a few minutes, and I actually want to see that. Yes, he is. Yep. We're, uh, um, <laughs> well, I will see you this weekend and next weekend. Um, yeah, yeah, two weekends in a row. I'm excited about that. Yep, this weekend will be uh, the Tunica event. There's going to be some great people out there. There's some Cajun guy who's kind of like a – I think he's going to be like a bag boy for Spike or something. He's going to hold the door open somewhere. <laughs> Um, they, they, it's like a, it's like a, it's, he's got like some kind of like something in his head and, um, they, they're doing it for like a write-off tax purposes and whatnot. So, uh, they'll, they'll let him out there. Spark Cohen will be out there. Matt Rout will be out there. Brian will be out there. So if y'all want to come out there and hang out with him, uh, Adam Kokesh is going to be there too for a lot of the Kokesh hey, fans. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So, Adam's a great guy. Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. I'll be out there if you want to, you know. Not really, but um, no, we'll be there. Yeah. yeah, but uh, Brian, you, he was right. You are an awesome dude, and you do phenomenal work everywhere you go. You guys are way too nice. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I appreciate you coming on and uh, hanging out with us for about an hour, and uh, I'll see you tomorrow, dude. We're gonna have and we're gonna have a bunch of fun hours this weekend. We'll have plenty more time to talk and rant and yell and whatever. And we'll have oh, yeah. guitars with us, so it's going to be good. Oh, Lord. Brian, you're awesome, bro. Am I sweating? Are we done? Is this the end of the show? Oh, no, I'm kicking you out. Oh, beautiful. All right. Take care, guys. Thanks, See man. See you guys this weekend. To the gulag. Um, so, yeah. Uh, to wrap it up, Brian's a fucking badass. He bucks on everybody, and he's the man. Um. Yeah, so two weeks from now, uh, the show will be on Wednesdays, and uh, what did we say, the 21st will be the first uh, pilot episode of Not A Real Veteran. That's right. It'll be this guy here on the guy on right, he'll be uh, hosting it, and he'll have his co-host with him, and uh, we'll see how it goes, but I'm really excited. I think they'll do some really good stuff, and they'll cover some really good issues. Um, we may have another show coming down the line somewhere we gotta get it worked out but yeah go to the royalgreen.com buy jack casey's book do not go to cajun libertarian stuff it's a waste of money <laughs> buy, buy the royal green follow Don't the libertarian party veteran caucus follow the oklahoma libertarian party and natalie bruno for governor like follow share subscribe smoke signal whatever you gotta do on this page 
this video, all of it. Um, we appreciate the support we've gotten uh, over the last month. This page is starting to really move a little bit. Um, mostly not to do to us, but to the awesome people that work behind the scenes. Um, we've picked up some people who are volunteering to help make this show amazing. Um, and uh, they will also be out there in Tunica this weekend. And uh, I'm really, uh, I'm really excited to meet some of these people. And uh, yeah. Um, also, Bruno Fagavna. Damn straight. She will actually be on the show next week on That's Friday right. at 7 p.m. Free, uh, freedom time. Uh, we don't, we're not doing it Thursday. Some time stuff we couldn't work around. Um, but it'll be Friday. So it'll be Freedom Friday for Bruno. So tune in for that. And uh yeah, it's uh it's phenomenal. Um uh anything else you want to plug? I got all my plugs out, but uh yeah, definitely check out Not a Real Veteran on the twenty first. It's gonna be big. Um it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. Please check it out. Also, one last reminder we have the best merch ever. If you want guns, yetis, I like how he's actually using the carrying handle. Like nobody ever does that, but Bigfoot, not a real libertarian, uses the carrying handle of an AR-15. Let it be known. That's that's why he survived so long out, like when nobody could find him because he actually used the carrying handle. Right? Nobody else did it. That's why they found us. They never thought anybody would do that. He's that's why he's working out. So we got some merch coming soon. We'll have a website hopefully running sometime here in the next two weeks. Uh, We are going to hop on over to Clubhouse for an after party. So anybody who wants to come, come on out and uh, make sure to tune in next here in about, I think the show starts in two minutes. So in about 25 minutes, tune over to Matt Wright whenever he finally gets started. (laughs) And uh, after that, it'll be uh, the Eskimo show at uh, 9 p.m. Eastern time. So I appreciate y'all tuning out. Stay free. And you're not a real libertarian. No such thing.